ghouls and things that go bump in the night. I don't know if you guys know this about me, but my favorite place to be is anywhere with water. I mean, the beach at night with the waves rolling is about the most perfect thing I can think of. But considering I don't live anywhere close to the beach, I can make do with, you know, the local brooks and ponds and hiking to waterfalls. That's awesome. I've even been known to stand out in a rain shower or two. So, when I heard today's story, which revolves around the ocean, I knew it was perfect. So, why don't you rock back, relax, and tune in for the monolith. I've always loved the sea, the smell of the fresh air, the noise of the waves crashing against the shore, and the feeling of the cold water as it lashes my skin. Any and all activities to do with those bodies of water, I find, are the most thrilling experiences in the world. Yet, they're some of the most inhospitable and mysterious places on Earth. Dazzling and intriguing. Many of my fondest memories have been formed and created in those awe-inspiring environments. I've seen beautiful coral reefs, mesmerizing animals, and waves that seemed like they could tower mountains. However, something happened to me recently, only a few days ago. Something I couldn't explain. Something that shattered my understanding of the world and the oceans. Now, I know it's rather cliche of someone to say, and it's rather typical of people as a whole when describing an event that changed them, but I now understand what people mean when they say that. The day started like any other, pristine clear skies and sapphire blue calm water, the kind that makes you thirsty just looking at it, sun high overhead, imposing its overbearing heat onto me. There she sat at the docks, my stunning boat, a generous 28-footer, sun chaser, I named her that myself. Every single part of her was mine, all paid for. Every single penny that went towards buying her was painstakingly worth it. She bore many a grand adventure, and that day was supposed to be like any other day, a simple time exploring and relaxing. Hopping into the cabin and starting that engine was the most magical sound and feeling to me. It signaled the start of a great day. As I scoured over the maps, I realized that I had painstakingly explored almost every inch of the surrounding area for about 60 miles. I had an itch that day to go out and find some fresh virgin waters, untouched by me and my boat. I just wanted to get out there and feel the spray of the water and the warm embrace of the sun. I settled on heading west. Just straight west, an odd sense of determination overcame me. West was definitely the place to be. And so I began. I started the engine, and my baby roared to life. I should have known something was up that day. No one else was out on their boats. The sky was an empty void, 
and the smooth sailing was almost too calm, as if the whole world were warned of something, and I was the sole being to have been neglected of this news. Even with the sun high ahead, I felt cold, a slight shiver and tingle. Though I was not so easily perturbed, and as I mentioned, an overwhelming sense of determination had overcome me, it felt like my actions were not my own. Guided by some unknown force of compulsion, I carried on, uneasy, yet compelled to see the journey through to the end. After a few hours of aimless sailing, I couldn't quite describe it, but I had to stop, so I killed the engine. It was time for a quick lunch anyway. The view was stunning. I could see for miles around me, and I loved that out here, nothing and no one can sneak up on you. It was a free feeling. <laughs> I could strip naked and waltz by myself out here, and no one could stop me. No one. I honestly don't know why, but something just felt wrong. It was like there were a thousand eyes upon me. I felt small, tense, and a strange sense of nausea, my appetite suddenly gone. I peered over the stern, afraid I was about to hurl. That's when I saw it. An ominously black object on the surface, cylindrical in shape, only an inch above the water and only about a meter in diameter, a black disc of sorts. Odd, I said aloud to myself, and impossible, I muttered. If it had been there before, then I surely would have hit it, as it was right behind me, and I had sailed over that spot only moments ago, yet my boat was still afloat. It just kind of stayed there, as if it were stuck in place. No bobbing, no rhythm or flow. But that couldn't be. The ocean floor would have to be miles down. As the realization of the depth sank in, I felt an overpowering urge. A new sensation. An itch. A craving. A want. And a need. Staring at it was tantalizing, but unsatisfactory. I wanted more. I desired more. I needed to touch it. Something so bizarre and unexplainable, but I needed an answer. I could feel myself salivating, that feeling you get before you throw up, yet I was no longer nauseous, hungry, in fact, starving. A bottomless hunger as if nothing else in the world mattered and all I needed to have my greatest want satiated was to simply touch it. I leaned over the edge of the stern, the barrier between me and the unfathomable depths below, but I was not scared. The threat of falling in and hitting my head on this platform did not dissuade me from inching ever so close. Inch by inch, my hand moved towards it. I could not stop myself. I would never be happy again if I were to leave and never return. Then I did it. I touched it. What? And smooth, horrifyingly smooth. There was no way this was a natural structure. No erosion or damage, no wounds from the passing of time. The longer my touch persisted, the more wrong I felt. It felt. 
Suddenly, a strange noise. A rumbling. A terrifyingly deep rumble. I scrambled towards the cabin of my boat, started the engine, and slowly pulled forward. The noise continued, getting louder and louder. It started rising. The platform. No longer a platform, but... A spire? A tower? A hill? Higher and higher it rose into the air. It soared, threatening to pierce the sky and heavens above, reaching heights at a speed I couldn't measure. Yet the ocean remained calm around it, and it never tapered in width, keeping its form within the few inches of diameter it was when I first saw it. The pace at which it ascended finally slowed and then halted. Mesmerized by the sheer size of the structure before me, I had not noticed the grooves and patterns that were depicted upon it, and when I did, I was shocked. Well, not any more than I was already, but I had not paid attention to the shock I felt. I could feel my jaw hang, suspended in disbelief, as if it were about to unhinge and snap off. Giving more than a cursory glance, I noticed how the grooves and patterns seemed to have a semblance of structure and coherence, perhaps a language of some kind. Words and letters I could not comprehend, or even begin to imagine how they would sound. How did this object get here? I wondered. No ancient civilization could have constructed anything like this, especially in the middle of the ocean, and to transport it out here? Out of the question. Not even a camera to tell me this is some tremendously well-planned joke, and that I was now a famous internet meme. Mesmerized evermore by the bizarre sight before me, I had realized that these were symbols, depictions of crude people, disgustingly titanic beasts, pillars as tall as skyscrapers, and what appeared to be the amalgamation of a shark and a person. The more the strange sight flooded my mind, the more scared I felt. Shrinking ever so smaller in the oppressive openness of the sea before me, neglecting the ever-deepening sense of dread, as if the entire world were about to be swallowed whole in its vast emptiness. I don't know why I looked over the side of the boat, but I did. There was a face peering up at me from below the water, watching me, pale and sickly. I would have mistaken it for my own reflection at that moment had it not been for the eyes sunken and black, a deep, dark black like the monolith before me, and its teeth grinning gill to gill, an unforgivable maw of sharp and jagged edges, its webbed hands reaching out towards me, calling for me to embrace it. That's when the voices started. It was as if hundreds upon hundreds of people were crying out in unison, begging and screaming for me to just go! Flee. Leave. Run. As the cacophony of words bombarded my feeble mind, I scurried for the cabin, starting the boat. I thank whoever had my back that day that the engine didn't magically fail. I put her in full pelt and fled, going as fast as I could possibly go. Even when I saw land and then the docks, I would not slow, not until the last second. Almost crashing into the pontoon itself, I scurried off the boat, tears streaming down my face. I sprinted towards my car, neglecting to secure my beauty. I was 
done. No more adventures or memories. I wanted nothing to do with the sea anymore. I peeled out of the parking lot and drove straight for home, the only solace left in this bleak world. I locked all the doors, turned off all the lights except for my bedside lamp, and barricaded the bedroom door. Closing the curtains indicated to me that I was finally safe. I prayed that first night to whoever would listen. I prayed for forgiveness, for relief, for pity, and for sympathy. It's been roughly five days now. I say roughly as I do not dare to venture or peek outside. I know that that creature is out there. I hear splats and squelches at all hours of the night and a vile breathing outside any room I'm in. If I manage to sleep, my dreams are plagued by visions of awful monsters, strange rituals, and bizarre peoples. I know that this whole recounting of events and its ending seems rushed and abrupt, but I'm tired and hungry. And also, ever since the fourth night, I have a new craving, the urge to go outside. I don't know what to do right now, but the temptation is becoming too much to handle. Please, anyone, help. And that, ghost, ghouls, and things that go bump in the night, is the story of the monolith. Now, I know my gut reaction after hearing that story was to try and find out where exactly on the ocean this was, just so I could avoid that area for the future. But also, it gave me a weird sense of wanting to go on a little trip, maybe see the ocean. But I have a feeling producer Joe is going to have something to say about that now. If I manage to talk him into it, I'll be sure to let you guys know. For any of my ocean-loving listeners, have you ever seen this disc in the water during your travels? If so, I'd really love for you to tell me all about it, or any other water-related incidents you may have been a part of. If you have a story to tell, send me an email at hauntedhorrorstorian at gmail.com or find me on Facebook and send me a message. You can find our group at Haunted Horror Story and Podcast. Until next time, listeners, stay spooky and remember Sometimes it's more than just a story. <laughs>